0: if you want any authenticity in your bar
1: get the 60 year olds at least before sundown get you know them there immediately and then you can gallop them home before the sun drops below the horizon like well, Brom stoker's dracula put them God's in the case. camp i don't fucking yeah. care <laughs> my god yeah yeah then you can ship out the old people like us as fast as you can before any young people see them Welcome,
0: everyone, to the History by the Glass podcast, your tour of Portland, Oregon's famously historic and infamously endangered bars, pubs, and saloons, inspired by Paul Pintrich's History by the Glass book series. My name is Nathan P. Gale. And with me, as always, directly to my right, is my good pal and better drinking buddy, the Clavin of my Peterson, Alfredo Moreno. How the hell are you, buddy? My God, are we live? We are live and in charge. Oh, no. I tell you what, uh, something that we should uh, share with everybody today, believe it or not, is your birthday.
1: That's right. <laughs> That's right. Hello, everyone. I'm 41 years old. I am married and I live in South Beaverton and you're damn serious about it (laughs) (laughs) all right hey it's good to be back we've been away for a while can you believe it you know what we should cheers let's raise our glasses and uh, compress them watch the computer oh jesus you don't have to push that hard all right so never heard that before well
0: uh, well what are we drinking today buddy uh, today we're drinking your
1: we are drinking mountain fresh naturally brewed Established in 1878. It's 12 ounces, 355 milliliters of Rainier beer. Rainier for life, if you need them. Rainier is brought to you by the good people of the Rainier Brewing Company out of Irwindale, California. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, I wish I hadn't read that. I'm sorry. I wish I hadn't read that. (laughs) California?
0: Oh, California. Well, you
1: know, I just thought uh, Rainier, we haven't had Rainier on one of these, and I thought it'd be nice to. Reach out and maybe see if Rainier wanted to. (laughs) Maybe Rainier wanted to give us five bucks
0: to to not broadcast anymore. We are looking for a sponsorship immediately because we are running out of funds. Everybody,
1: we never had funds to begin with.
0: The the IRS, if you're listening, we are in. We we are not profitable.
1: Mode. No, (laughs) we. But we will submit all of our tax receipts. We have receipts in my pocket. Very good. Oh, man. We're shrewd. We're shrewd. But where have we been? We've been gone for a while.
0: And the other one's making a peace sign. Oh, no. Uh, let's see. Where have we been? Well, I've been doing the same exact goddamn shit. Uh, <laughs> uh, just working and uh, and writing and and acting and performing in the worst comedy clubs in town <laughs> that nobody seems to come to. Uh, but I believe you have had a few, uh,
1: sure. uh new, yeah, I've had some shit things going. Come yeah. come up So we, on. we last got together on May 5th, year of our Lord, 2019. Oh, may the 5th be with you. And, uh, before that, our last live visit, cause we did all these anniversary, uh, recaps, our last live visit was sometime in like January it was
0: it yeah you're right so in the in the year of 2019 our lord there's been
1: 9 months and two podcasts yeah this is the second gotcha third this is the third yeah this is the third so we haven't done a podcast since may uh uh so i had a child i had a son on june 3rd alexander be his name and uh, may he grow old and sit at the corner of a bar and weird people out while he hunches over his beer and Boilermaker.
0: May he never know me and judge me. How about that? Oh, is you'll that... be long dead before <laughs> yeah,
1: he's be 21. Long, yeah. You'll be long dead before. Yeah, you no, know, he'll have these. Uncle Nate can take him he'll out. He'll have this. To, uh... This is his birthright. These, This archive, this Library of Congress oh, collection man, oh, of man. podcasts.
0: What do you think uh, will be his favorite moment? <laughs> Of this if we stop doing these right now what do you think his biggest takeaway from i think
1: he would these 13 episodes uh i think his favorite episodes would be episodes 1 through 12 when he wasn't mentioned and wasn't alive uh no no he's gonna he's gonna say you know what damn it my dad drank and he got out there and explored his town and he had at least one friend who was willing to do it with him
0: and you know and i was there too could be worse <laughs> um what i think you'll say why did people
1: podcast back in oh, well, oh, 2019 yeah, i don't understand yeah maybe but it's we're, we're glad to be back it's been a long time uh we're here uh in my garage in south beaverton and uh we've got chips on a clip here uh my wife uh sweetest woman alive she decided uh after listening to the podcast to buy me uh clips with which you could attach chips um which we've declared our love for i've declared my love for and now they sit here in the podcast studio which is just a corner of my garage and uh man but it feels great
0: Baby, this week we dove deep into new bar ownership in the Portland metro area. So without any further ado, let's dive deep into the venerable Portland stalwarts, the Sandy Hut, and the alibi. Alfredo, please tell me a little bit about our first stop this evening at the Sandy Hut. Give me a little known fact.
1: All right. So the Sandy Hut, uh, pretty famous Portland bar. Um, it's in a kind of uh, triangle-shaped location, Sandy and Cooch, a um, block or so north of, of Burnside. Um, it's kind of your flat iron uh, location. So the building itself is like a triangle um informs the whole character of the place. Sandy Hut was established in 1923. So it's pretty goddamn old. It's one of the older places we'll go to. Um, What can we say? Sandy Hut, its history is hard to... uh, Everyone agrees on when it was established. Uh, Not a lot of detail on what happened from about 1923 to about 1996. So the bulk of the time it was open, nobody seems to quite know what was going on. Um, it uh, It was formerly a place in the 50s or 60s that was kind of a, a swanky lounge dinner place date night place and it was uh called Sandy Hut and it had a, a dining room called the Wolf's Den uh which not a lot of info about it but people know it existed now uh, featured on the
0: menu of of yes the i do like that that we that yeah, we, yeah uh, i do like uh, that it's uh, apparently
1: yeah. some old uh it must be some old ad or something that designates that shows Wolf's Den Sandy Hut Old Hut uh Wolf's Den uh yeah, it was kind of a chic dining room back in the day, swanky night spot. Apparently haunted, aren't we all? Uh, uh, Neil Diamond and Sammy Davis Jr. ate or drank there? Question mark. It's half-ass internet research, but damn it, we're gonna take it at its <laughs> word. Uh, not again. Not a lot of factual specifics from about 1923 to 1997. Uh, flash forward. 97 begins its kind of era as the uh, what people popularly begin to call it as the handy slut. It's kind of punk dive, uh, cool after-hours dive bar joint. Um, For a while, it was kind of the hot dive of the town. And then uh, people started coming less and less, only when they were super wasted or to hear uh, kind of thrash metal at the end of the night. And uh, that's kind of your early 2000s. They paint the exterior purple. Um, you know, anyway. Uh, and then here, uh, right around, um, what was it, a year or two ago, they it gets bought um, by this new ownership group, Warren Boothby and Marcus Archambault. And um, they decide to kind of give a light scrub to the Sandy Hut and keep it going. Uh, let's keep it alive let's keep it relatively unchanged character wise and get people back in the seats here so um the history of the place is essentially that it's been there a long time um it's had some ups and downs some people like it for its divey shittiness some people uh don't um when paul pintrich visits uh he he writes about it in the second edition 2004 and like most of the entries in 2004, it's half-ass. He kind of stumbles in there. He talks about how dark it is. He talks about a guy with a parrot on his shoulder. Uh, he notes um, he doesn't seem to have a lot of give a shit about it. And he talks about somebody drinking a Olympia beer, which he mm. finds highly bemusing. He, he loved
0: that. He, that was, that was a, what, a, what a highlight. This is the only thing I will note in my mind about the yeah. drinking in this place. Let's take a moment to talk about Booth B and <laughs> whose name, Marcus Arshambo. Marcus Thank you Marcus Murfimbo, whose name I will never be able to pronounce in my in my lifetime. Um that is spoiler alert, the Sort of the uh, tying theme between our two places that we've ventured to. Yeah,
1: yeah. The whole concept of tonight will be kind of the... Uh, these two places are owned now by the same ownership group, which owns maybe five or six other places in town. Hell, by the time you listen to this, maybe, <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe six more. or seven. Um, They're stewards of historic bars and kind of historic... Name dive bars, all the places that you can think
0: of right now that these guys
1: own. Well, they've got the Lalo, they just bought the Vern. Um, uh, they started with the Gold Dust Meridian, they had this Club place. 21 or have Club 21, Alibi. That we're going to go to Alibi, they've got Elvis Room. Well, so it's a mixture of historic they, they bars. had
0: Club 21, but it, it shut down, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but any
1: you know, essentially they do stand on their record of keeping these double venerables. barrel, double barrels, barrel a place yeah. that,
0: that we've heard of.
1: They've taken over some, several of these old places that are kind of sputtering and they've given them a light polish and popped them back up and sent them back into the world pretty quickly. And, uh, I would say pretty successfully, but I'm giving away the angle of my feedback on this story.
0: Well, speaking of the feedback of our story, um, um, uh uh, so this is a place that's been around for um 70 years. Yeah. 80 years. Yeah. Um scrubbed up um uh, by uh, another another place, Pentridge um um notes it as an old place does not give the He can't remember how long it's try. been there. He just says yeah. it's
1: been there as long as he can remember and then he spends three or four paragraphs talking about everything around it. That is no longer there. What was
0: our experience tonight?
1: Going in
0: 2019, the eve of a Southwest protest. uh, What what was our experience?
1: Well, we had uh, we had both been there before. Yes, we had been there together before. I had been
0: there uh, a couple of times. Uh, prior to this refurbishment, I saw that it was shut down, and when it was coming back online, I reached out to you and I said, "We gotta, we gotta get back out there now it's coming back." Uh, and then we took our wives out there, and and God, that what would what, what that must have been. I want to say it was right after there was. Per- I
1: think it was twenty fifteen. post renovation, post reopening. Yeah, I had yeah. uh, been there a couple times before that. Um, just like everyone else had. End of the night, blurry. Don't quite remember it. Uh, at least once, I was on a bar fly bus, a big yellow drunken school bus, and we just got unloaded there and just drank as much as we could in about twenty minutes of time. Um, but I had memories of being there in both phases: the dark, kind of punk band live music venue phase, handy slut phase, and uh, then the kind of uh, the very early stages of the reopening where they tried to make it kind of a, a little bit of a retro restaurant, but it was still mostly a bar. And I think we were a little confused when we went there. We thought it'd be more of a steakhouse type Clyde's Prime Rib style.
0: Yeah, so when when I um, saw it reopening, um, somebody, I'm, I assume Eater, I assume somebody like uh, PDX Eater or something, somebody like that shared the opening menu and it was very much like tied to the 1950s tied to like the era of um somebody who would love to come in and have a, uh, a tropical cocktail or you know um uh, thank god he wasn't in world war 2 anymore it was very salisbury steak is very uh, crab uh, focused of, of uh, it was interesting yeah it was it was very i i Hell, I thought it was very yeah, we, interesting. Yeah, we had a good time uh, as a as a uh, nostalgist. I thought it was uh, fascinating. Um, yeah, prior to that, yeah, me too. I um, saw it when it was in its darkest, and then I saw it when it was scrubbed clean, and that's what's I think has happened. the The effort went into um, the electrical and the the AV or the oh, pardon me the um, um, AC the uh, uh, but also making sure that light came in through the dingy, dark, painted-over um, uh, areas of this bar.
1: Yeah. All right, so tonight, though, we were at the, uh, the Sandy Hat 2019, and we had two guests with us um, who, have, who are not strangers to the venue. Uh, uh, friends of mine, Rochelle and Eric, um, guests, rare guests on this podcast. We've only had two before, your wife Emily and one Bill Clifford. Mixed bag there. We won't say <laughs> we won't assign value to either person. I would I would not say who's in what
0: quadrant of no, the bag.
1: But we decided fuck it. It was my birthday. Let's have a couple more people. Uh people, you know, there's a small but mighty viewership. Viewership, we're not on the we're nope, not. Again, there's no visuals again, for this podcast. Nobody's looking at this Damn goddamn, it. goddamn thing. A small but mighty listenership to this podcast. And when I mean small, I mean small it's about twenty five people, but damn it, they do listen and two of those actually know one of the persons said she had never listened to this ever in her life. She just liked drinking at the sandy hut and wanted to come out with people to drink with
0: i think I think tonight we um we really persuaded some. Uh, lyft drivers to listen to this goddamn thing and i want to say again i want to remind everybody that we are sponsored by lyft this as podcast is brought to you by the good people at lyft uh not financially but uh
1: um, i guess morally, uh, morally or morally or they're i guess there's they would sponsor us Giving them free publicity by yep. without paying for our lift right. Oh, home. and
0: and uh, Coca Cola and Walmart—they love this goddamn thing.
1: <laughs> all right, so we had Eric and Roe with us tonight, uh, veteran drinkers with lots of takes about all things about the Sandy Hut, and uh, we kind of we kind of uh, we arrived at about four p.m. today. Um, again, my birthday. My wife, thank God, she was willing to watch the uh, the newborn. Uh, while my daughter was off at grandma's. It was all good. All good. Back out at... Back at it. And... Hey, uh, you know,
0: my wife did some great things oh, also. Oh, you know, I yeah, hate yeah, to yeah, no, yeah. recognize my wife, <laughs> even though she'll never listen to this. And if she lived to Please, the gosh, age of gosh. 120, she would never listen to this. If I had been dead for 50 years and she wondered, what the hell did that guy do out uh, drinking? Uh, she would never listen to this thing.
1: But... Uh, uh props to my wife as well for uh, saying
0: eh, get out there tonight.
1: Props to all your wives out there listening all 25 of you. It takes a wives. <laughs> all right, let's jump into what the hell we did there. Please. Oh God. It was a chippy night in old Stump Town as the wow. proud lads and the um contra fascists Contra esque uh,
0: because it was so hard to uh, beat, and they're. Uh, yeah. I th- would say they're um, and Antiqua. How about that? that yeah, sounds, that sounds like it's kind of nice. And, it was
1: and, uh, everyone was very concerned, very concerned. Um, you know, we're not going to talk about that much. We just we wanted to make sure it didn't affect our drinking, so uh, everything was fine. We took a lift from South Beaverton out to uh, the beautiful. Uh, Triangular property of Sandy Hut. And like the Chrysler building, this thing. Uh, that's right. Our first drinks, we went right in. Nate did a hams and Jack Daniels Boilermaker. Was that correct?
0: I'll ask, I'll tell you this. I asked the nice, very nice bartender named Kate. Wow. Good memory. Thank you. Uh, and, and I asked her, like, what do people drink around here? And she told me that this is a uh, bar and shot bar. Uh, sorry. Yeah. She told me this is a beer and shot bar. Yeah. And also, they have some jello shots and slushies. Uh, and I said, well, a, a, a One of shot each. and a. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually, I said, uh, uh a shot and a beer sounds great. So I had a hams and a Jack Daniels, my favorite beer and my favorite whiskey. Not bad. Well, and I. I would have never left there.
1: I countered with an Olympia uh, because in the write-up in the 2004 version, Pintrich comes in to this dive bar during the Handy Slut era, and he marvels that somebody's drinking a Oli, and he thinks that Oli had been out of commission and was shocked to see somebody still put it in cans, and so I said I would give a little tip of the cap to all of our rabid Paul Pintrich fans out there. Boy, <laughs> so I had an Oli. It was delicious. Uh so we're there it's the late afternoon I thought it was pretty much prime time to be there we had it wasn't we had a mix of people kind of surging in and out like the tide pools
0: Yeah I want to talk about this place in terms of like um so I was shocked to see when we plopped down at the bar that there was a smattering of old people throughout the Yes. And I wanted to point it out to you, but there was a old person right by our party, and I thought, this it's maybe not the best uh, thing to like exclaim, like, whoa, look at this place filled with old people, because I thought that the revitalized Sandy Hut would be filled with twee hipsters... Trying to smoke and get their uh,
1: insert stereotype
0: here. insert stereotypical <laughs> drink here. They're Tindering uh, yes, and they're, they're tinder- Oh, they're tindering and, and they're- maybe a Match.com or their <laughs> their MySpace. Uh, is there- <laughs> yeah, it's just basically trying to trying to fuck. <laughs> you know, I don't know. God damn you. <laughs>
1: young people and you're trying to fuck yeah, and your fuck
0: platforms. <laughs> um but I was I was shocked to see that um and maybe you know, maybe I shouldn't have because it was four o'clock. But um I, I I just thought this place would be filled with um uh Twee Portlandia hipsters and and, and, and what a relief that it wasn't it, am I
1: wrong? No, it was
0: not. No, you're correct. You're one hundred percent correct.
1: Well, and as we'll see later, uh, when Nate says old people at 4 p.m. at the Sandy Hut, uh, he means people older than he and I. <laughs> and later in the evening, we'll be at the alibi, and when he says old people, he'll mean he and I. <laughs> and one other guy was great. <laughs> who is basically he and I. It was we're it's all lumped together because we're over be twenty five,
0: dangerously old. That, but at Sandy Hut at
1: four day. o'clock, yes, there was legitimate old people. There was a guy with a uh, some sort of Harley Davidson hat with flames on it. He was just being an old guy. God, and he it was fantastic. I could have kissed the man if you. <laughs> I,
0: well, a few I more drinks than for I would a little have, bit and and I wondered <laughs> if you did. Uh, I th- I think also, like, if you haven't been to the Sandy Hut. You should be prepared for uh, a lot of uh, old antiquities in there that may or may not be um, uh, canon, and that may may not be part of the actual establishment. But they I don't blend know. they
1: blend in seamlessly. The uh, Sandy Hut, yeah, Sandy Hut. Uh, essentially, the bones of the place are as they've been. They're just kind of. Uh, look it's got a padded bar it's got it's got a weird shaped building because it's on the triangular portion of the triangle of a building Uh, they have the glass bricks the translucent glass bricks which i think used to be painted over to keep it dim and dark as hell it's pretty light in one area but the bar itself is still kind of dark and at four o'clock you could definitely be very depressed there and if, if it's and too happy light to be turn
0: 180 degrees and you will find a little bit of darkness
1: Absolutely. yeah i thought it was i thought they did a nice job uh but yeah they had some decor that we don't remember being there during the old days clearly was brought in and uh but kind of seamlessly brought in these guys uh the ownership group who has handled these i've read the reviews everyone seems to say they're just very subtle a deft hand I have to agree. I didn't see anything that was ostentatious. So. so
0: we did a lot of research in, like, this takeover. The the uh, call it what well, you will. Sure. It's a corporate takeover. Is it yes, somebody it's buying an ownership? Group exactly. Yeah, acquiring these places. And the quote that we found in either Willamette Week or Portland Mercury, I'm not sure, was that uh, the ownership hoped. That this place would stay open for another hundred years, end quote, and I can't argue against that, at in, in in the the slightest. That's uh, kind
1: of why the hell we're doing this, right?
0: Like, if you that is your goal, and you think that a slushy machine is going to do that, then my God, like put them on the ceiling and pour them into our mouths. I don't, I don't know what to tell you, but but the the idea of ownership coming in and saying like, yeah, we know that this is history, and we're going to try to keep it around for as long as possible.
1: Yeah, here's a spoiler alert for the whole idea of this podcast is ultimately, we just want all of these places to still be alive. We don't like when they close. Uh, we do have some uh, some orthodoxy uh, that uh, we like to apply and in a perfect world. Uh, they would all have trough toilets and grit soap dispensers, and uh, serve hams uh, ice cold in a bucket, and have a jukebox that played CDs, and whatever else. Uh, but ultimately, we just want them to still be a w- open, and we would love it if they actually had some history, uh, knowledge of their own history, and would share it with younger generations of old farts who will later have podcasts.
0: Yeah, they would also be as close to us as possible. That's as true. They would also be in our own fucking backyards.
1: All right, so we enjoyed our drinks at the Sandy Hut, and also, the menu mentioned something about a... Is a Fat Man
0: sandwich? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I remember the menu being very... Uh, <laughs> I've been friendly to the... It's, uh, it's just um, my furnace. Don't that's worry. That's fine. That's fine. I'm sure it's not being picked up. The burger that they offered that caught my eye was called the original 1923 Fat Man. Wow. Uh, the, I'm going to go back uh, to my old burger reviews and go from the top to the bottom, as as I usually do. Fair enough. Thank you very much. And uh, this bun in the top starts as a, a gr- brioche bun, a sweet brioche bun, as we all know, uh, that may be a little bit grilled, I think. It's some sort of like um crispiness of the bun so i think that they're putting on a flat top and grilling it up which is fantastic a sauce on top of that bun uh that the menu calls a million island sauce this is thousand island without the junk in it without the <laughs> chunks in it you ever had thousand island sauce yeah the thousand island dressing you know a uh, sauce uh, like chunks in it yeah i guess so yeah this is it without the chunks and then underneath that is okay. This is when we start getting into the uh, the fat boy. It was a fat man. Of, um, you're, ta- you're thinking of the uh, nuclear bomb. Fat boy, of course. Uh, my birthday, August sixth. That's when Fat Boy uh, went over on uh, Hiroshima. Thank you very much. And I and then um, born out of that was me, a uh, fat boy. <laughs> the <laughs> the egg. Oh, this is a very good egg. I tell you what, this when you like start dissecting it and you look at the egg, it's got that good griddled like crispy edge around it. <laughs> You're erect right now. Oh my god, this is a good egg on a burger. This isn't your sloppy like I baked it in a McDonald's pan that makes a egg McMuffin egg. This is a crispy, crispy egg. Which is goddamn good. And then the bacon is uh great. It's got two long slices doing the old X in the burger, or the plus, I guess, if you turn it another way. Um uh but it's it's great bacon. The ham the ham underneath it, all right, is thick, salty and moist. And underneath that is a burger patty that is thick. Salty and moist. I tell you
1: what; these two things together—it's like my single life in the early two thousands.
0: These two things together make the goddamn thing, and I'll be, uh, I'll be, I'll be uh, shocked at anybody who who tells me otherwise. Underneath that is a gross red slimy tomato. <laughs> fuck you! Fuck you! Oh for no! Putting this fucking red slimy tomato underneath the patty. <laughs> There was like a a strip of red that I thought, oh, is this a red pepper? No, it's the skin (laughs) of the fucking red tomato that slimed (laughs) its way onto the underneath of it. And then the lettuce underneath is a shredded iceberg. That's fantastic. That's okay. Congratulations, and then the onion. Oh wow, the onion is like um, um, small diced onion, almost like uh, Burgerville. Uh, do you know hmm. Burgerville? Have you ever heard I've of heard Burgerville? Of it? Uh, have you ever had a burger down there? No, I always yeah. have the you uh, just salad. have the chicken and the salad. Well, fuck you. It's not Saladville, <laughs> pal. Um, there is a diced onion that's sort of usually mixed into mayonnaise, but it's it's it's, it's a good onion. And it's not this giant backyard rings of it. It's just a nice slice, and then of course, uh, don't worry. The bottom is the other half of that brioche bottom. You worried about it? Um, I call this. Um, I call this the. Uh, yeah, I bet this is what they made in 1947 oh. uh, burger. Because Authentic, it, it, you it say? Had, it had a uh, nostalgia to it. In the, it wasn't the juiciest um like like we the first bite was very very dry but once you got into the juice like "Eh, that's pretty damn good the look of it though and the bite into the first bun and then the ham oh i will give this a 7.75 out of 10 and who knows how that rakes uh, rates in the uh and the who knows how that rates in the uh, ranks of the other burgers who knows <laughs> it's a great review and
1: it looked like a great burger I'm sorry I didn't eat it it's one of your highest ranks so far
0: I'm not sorry you didn't eat it because that would have meant that you ate some
1: of mine well, you, it's uh it sounds like you really enjoyed it earnestly enjoyed it not just for the obligation of reviewing a burger on this podcast
0: i have had many obligations in my life and this was not one of them well uh it certainly didn't make me want to run to the bathroom and throw
1: up (laughs) well hey speaking of way to tee it up all right so i like to go to the men's rooms okay so here's what we did at the sandy hut we me i went to the bathroom and here's what i found nate are you ready for this Please, please tell me So I go in, and I see a bathroom door that looks like several people have booted the shit out of it. (laughs) It's got many chips taken out of the front, and it's a swinging, unlocking bathroom door, which is, you know me, that's a plus. It's memorable, (laughs) Uh and it looks like, again, either... Jack Nicholson was trying to like hatchet his way into it at one point. Uh, <laughs> early Jack Nicholson? Yes, or late early. Boy? Early. All right. uh, anyway, so it, it's been used and abused, the store. People with urgent needs have come through the store. <laughs> uh-huh. so go in. I call it your standard punk rock dive bar bathroom. Black, uh, dark paint, graffiti everywhere, bumper stickers. Okay, mm-hmm. it's cool. It's mm-hmm. kind of memorable, but you know what? Being dirty and kind of graffiti tag doesn't necessarily make you in this weirdo's book a five-urinal puck bathroom. If you've forgotten since last we recorded, I do review every men's room on a scale of zero to five urinal pucks, five being the greatest. Um, And, okay, so I come in. We've got this punk rock bathroom. Um, One of the things that struck me immediately that I really enjoyed uneven floor culminating in a just a gaping hole in the ground about uh six inches away from the urinal did you notice that nate of course
0: yeah no that was one of the uh uh cool things i thought about this bathroom. because when
1: like, you're gonna have wow look at this hole into the ether in this earth and uh, my god if you worked at this place would you like to get a mop and do a no you would like to just get the most powerful hose, hose you can find the fuck down. seal the doors and just hose the motherfucker down uh and so that's what they have here they have a hole you can just no matter what kind of refuse is on the ground or splattered out of the toilets, you can just hose it all down the drain it's like every great relative's garage
0: where you just hosed the fuck
1: out of it that would be great yeah that would be great uh, we don't have a hole here in this garage. We have a lawn that we use. So we're... Some call me the hole in this garage. <laughs> uh, another thing I enjoyed was the... uh had paper towels on the counter. There's a paper towel dispenser yet. I'm not sure if they wanted you to use it. They just had the paper towel roll sitting on the counter, uh, basically saying, do it your goddamn self. We're not going to dispense your paper towels. Yeah. Here you go. Uh, and... I missed this completely, which I'm ashamed. Uh, you, Nate, saw something in the men's room that I did not catch my eye. It's you so said scary. the bathrooms were something you could murder yourself on. <laughs> yes. Yeah,
0: so the bathroom I, mirrors. I went
1: to the bathroom and the uh, there was a
0: circular mirror over the sink that was, uh, it looked like some... A uh, thug took a, a headbutt to it, and, and there's a, a jagged piece of glass mirror hanging out of the uh, uh, out of the thing hanging over the sink. And I thought, boy, you could murder someone real quick on on this thing. So, it, and maybe it's because of the dark time that I am in in my life. Uh, but I thought, wow, how is nobody? Murdered anybody in this bathroom? So it
1: included a mirror in which you could murder somebody, which made us extra glad there were no proud boys or Antifa there, because there was easily ways to kill themselves, kill yeah. each other, or uh, I'm, I'm myself in a deep reflection. or Nate. Nate could have just gone after it. Uh, instead, we just had a uh, we just had a good old a good old bathroom, a four puck bathroom. I called it um, feeling generous to get back on the road here. Uh, I thought it was great with the hole in the ground and the shattered door and the uh, unlocking door that just swung four pucks why the hell not
0: so this is a uh, some would call sandy hut a dive bar some would call it a a cocktail bar some would call it a well, it's no longer a live music venue because it used to be. I'm
1: sure there's some who think of it as kind of a local hangout.
0: Um yeah, the local hangout like when we when uh, Spoil Local alert, Bar we left, we're not there right now, of course. but when we left and we turned around, there was more there were more people hanging out outside, smoking cigarettes and drinking their beers and their cocktails, like 3 to 1. Then we're inside. Yeah. Um which was very oh god that was very interesting to me um and then i thought of like well isn't this the place that suffered the most from the smoking indoors ban isn't this uh, yeah. isn't this one of the places that that changed because we started to clean up bars is that what we did did we did we clean up bars when we said in, God, what was that, 2000, i uh, say 2004, no more smoking in bars. Sure. And is that when it started turning into, um, well, if people want to sit in these bars, like a fucking Starbucks, you know, you can't <laughs> smoke in a Starbucks. Is that when we start turning to um, moving toward um um uh, uh, craft cocktails and micro beers and um uh, uh, you know hand formed patties and you know you know what 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 have you and I, I just i i just couldn't couldn't shake that image of us walking away from sandy hut and there being more people outside Trying to form their own group, you know, or just trying to be somewhere,
1: uh, then, then that was inside. I, I, I don't know. I don't know about that. What's funny about that is if you're outside, then if you're spending the bulk of your time outside at the Sandy Hut, then your experience, right? Your experience is at the bar is no different than it would have been. Like 15 years ago, like there's they didn't refurbish the outside, the inside has got the slushy machine, and some of the, yeah. and I will say, uh, full disclaimer, I think the Sandy Hut did a fantastic job. They kept everything that was kind of old school about it, um, they brought some things up to coat. It you can't really tell that much about it's not been scrubbed clean of its character, it's got paneling just little tweaks and that's what this ownership group is so good at that's what all the news media you'll read about what they do uh they're very have a very delicate deft this is not like a John topper bar rescue thing at all it's god a, i would love to sit in a room
0: wouldn't that be wouldn't that be great you and i sitting in a room with one of their folks just talking about like how do you look at a bar what do you do when yeah. you look at a bar what do you
1: tweak what yeah. do you just leave the fuck alone yeah I will, I, the few places I've been that they've done, I, uh, the older places, uh, they've done a hell of a nice job. They feel old. They, uh, they feel like they still have their original character. They have, they have accentuated some things. They haven't just left it alone completely, but you're right. A lot of the people there treat the Sandy hut like it's their neighborhood taverns, their old, local bar. They're outside drinking and smoking with friends. Yeah, They're not out there to be seen they're just out there to fucking get intoxicated and get a little buzz that's ain't we all
0: something i was really uh boy the pessimist in me thought saturday even though we didn't go late at night i thought there would be a large amount of uh, hipster people that I don't you were worried really about this, yeah. Associated with I was just I was just ready for it. I was yeah. just I was just ready yeah. for there being a clientele at Sandy Hut on a Saturday, um, regardless of time that I was not um um keen to, and I I, I didn't I didn't see it. Was it, at just all. A, it, was all, it
1: could have been out here. It could have been like a yeah a tavern out southwest west side of, of portland kind of right we sat down
0: and there is two three seats to the left of you a gentleman who was 65 years old that's, and it's always a good
1: sign isn't that's a not?
0: great we uh, love that i i tell you i'm sorry invite if you want any authenticity in your bar
1: get the 60 year olds at least before sundown yeah, you know there immediately and then you can gallop them home before the sun drops below the horizon like well, bram stoker's dracula put them god in god the says. camp i don't fucking yeah. care <laughs> my god yeah yeah then you can ship out the old people like us as fast as you can before any young people see them but during the daylight hours it behooves you to have them there they're full of knowledge good amount of grit and character All right, so we had Roe and Eric there, and what I uh, I enjoyed a few of the things, uh, a few of the notes I wrote down as we talked about the. We had great guests. We had
0: great guests. Great
1: guests, and thank you, thank you both for joining us. Uh, We still don't know what to do with guests, uh, but damn it, we enjoyed talking bars and drinks, and it's fun to talk about this shit with people.
0: Oh, you you know them better than I do. Uh, What are their names, and uh, um, and how do you know
1: them? All right. Uh, Our guest tonight, Rochelle Miller, who is a respected marketing-type person here in Portland, better known as uh, an up-and-coming kickball middle infielder uh, when I was uh, roaming the kickball fields of Portland, and uh, Eric Leibrandt, a uh, former uh, Portland State volleyball assistant coach, now a wine magnet in the Hood River Valley, Uh, good little drinkers. God bless them. Glad, glad to have them. God bless them. They tried to keep but one of the us. One of the things we wanted to talk about early on with that, we wanted to talk, and I specifically asked uh, asked Ro about uh, dive bar. We were talking about dive bars. We were talking about what, uh, is this a dive bar? Is this, what do you think? I asked her, had you ever been to the Sandy Hut before the refurbishment? And she said, yes. And she described it as disgusting during the handy slut days. Uh, before the new ownership group, when it was the live music venue and just kind of a true dive bar, a little menacing. You, there, I have notes that talks about uh, apparently the, uh it was basically known for its fights outside, and maybe they had some hidden cameras going on in <laughs> the handy <laughs> slut days. Oh so this was from a former like bartender there,
0: and 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 uh, 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 but she still went there. That but she was, went, yeah.
1: Yeah, why not? We're let's let's end a real drunk night by going to the handy slut. That's and uh that
0: was my impression that that uh it wasn't her like daily hangout, but it was uh when she would when have, you need to escalate when, it. Yeah, yeah. When things got nuts.
1: I think that I, was on the agenda. I think Eric described it as when I've I've had a few lost nights here or something yeah. of that nature. He used the term lost nights, which was great. That seems like a great place to have a lost night. Um but uh, our dear friends, as much as they enjoy uh and now they've both gone many times post um uh refurbishment uh the brunch is supposed to be excellent, and not too is more like server industry and not again this uh invading horde of Sounds young like twenty somethings no just,
0: line, which is what I mean it
1: might just be kind of a cool place to go drink and eat. I hate to say that because I, I think we're looking for a we're assuming that it's got to be a little.
0: Yeah, that's a great. That's a great question. What were your assumptions going into this place?
1: I think. I don't know. I think I. I was sure it was probably becoming, a place to be seen. Yeah, and uh, that was we we talked about um, the difference between dive, post dive, and dive as we'll talk about now. Um, uh, what's you know a post dive? These these places that are dive bars, old men, surly bartenders, stinky smell, darkness, uh, weird moisture, shitty bathrooms, places most young people in their prime and definitely women in their prime do not want to go to. Um, What's the difference between when those places And when they become kind of popular and then the new ownership group takes them and gives them a little polish, puts a DJ in on Sundays, adds a brunch, blah, 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 opens a a curtain or two. And now everyone wants to go because it's going to be a cool uh, old school place to go.
0: And to think about the Sandy Hut as a dive, a deep, deep, dark dive that may have had a band and that just served you shitty liquor and don't worry about it. Like, that's what my recollection of it was. Yes. And so if I can't go back there, where can I go? If you're if uncomfortable every, there. If every place in Portland is being bought up, like what's worse, it being bulldozed and put in some new hipster place, yes. being put up, or your old uh, un uh, unending place being... You being aged out of it. What's worse?
1: This is the crux of our. Con- I think now we're getting to the meat of it. Yeah, please, please, meat, meat, meat,
0: m e a t me and m e e t me. <laughs> I think
1: we're getting to the uh place where we're uh, we think about because we overanalyze these things. Would you rather have a place that that uh, would you rather see one of your favorite places get refurbished and be like? Boy, I used to go there. It used to be pretty goddamn salty. And oh, old so-and-so used to be the bartender. Now it's just everyone goes there. The DJ spinning. Would you rather that place still be open? And be like, you know, at least it's still open. And I'm glad. And look, they still have uh, two things on the wall from the heyday when I was going there. Or would you rather it just close and just say, you know what? This used to be the Sandy Hut. And from 1923 to 1997, it was the greatest dirtiest you know or would you rather it just keep going and going fortunately for the sandy hudders i think they're not having to live through a place where it's you know tgi mcfridays these guys have done a great job it's it's um i wouldn't say it's steeped in history but it's it feels authentic it doesn't feel like a phony uh, no. manufactured place the booths and the bar
0: chairs and the and the decor and feel like they're from the time they feel like the, uh,
1: i think th- they are from the refurbished time
0: refurbished the al Hirschfeld uh uh thing yeah
1: what's it called the <laughs> al Hirschfeld more uh memorial memorial mural. M- M- mural. Mural. that's what the uh it's the mural the guy has got the sketches uh it's got uh, people from the so 50s much. and God, 30s so and... much al Hirschfeld research oh yeah <laughs> we went deep dive we barely need to talk about it there's one other one in la at a great bar called the frolic room that neither of us have been to but we must we're going go to. to we're going to yeah that's an aside By this time
0: next year we will have been to the frolic room sure <laughs> luckily you, nobody's listening to if this, you will so, it, it is yeah. no
1: dream no but okay let's get back to where we were at yeah we what, want these places you, to go on what
0: would you rather
1: i'd rather the place live i'd rather it live just like i think the sandy hat's doing a great job it yeah i Please put a little more of the history of the place. Places can't always find that. Not everyone categorize their regulars in the 50s and put them on the wall. Thank you, Lutz Tavern, for categorizing and saving pictures of your regulars in the 50s and putting them on the goddamn wall of your establishment. It's beautiful. Not every bar has that. Uh, in lieu of that, keep the character of the original place. Keep the padding on the bar. Keep the keep the uh, the bank of uh, of tables and the uh swivel high back bar chairs and weird tan co- so much that the sandy hut does well um looming over them is just the, the property is still valuable and every- I can't believe it's there I can't believe it is still there and everything in the area is there's there's ominous growth right it
0: is- two floors to three floors to six floors to it's just growing and growing and growing around there we hadn't been there for a year and driving up it didn't look like the same it's tough to remember where we were did not look like the same neighborhood hey um uh, speaking of not recognizing this place would based on what you read in the history by the glass book would paul
1: Pentrich recognize this place i think he would very much recognize the place i, I think would he think would be so shocked too. that it's a little cleaned up and uh but i don't i don't think anything about the place would seem uh, i think the structure is the same same
0: think, bar same corner yeah. same uh flatness same
1: layout of the bar yeah yeah i think, yeah. so think it would be a i think it would be a um pfft uh, 80%, 90% chance he would say, absolutely. Love what you've done to the place. Yep. All right. So one of the things we read as we close this long bewildering chapter on Sandy hut is we read a great article on Thrillist, uh, by a gentleman named, uh, Walter McMurdo, um, and, uh, written in, uh, or published in February of 2019, essentially a long, deep, Dive, forgive the pun, on um, uh, just dive bars, their their popularity with younger drinkers, and uh, what places do to make them more appealing to younger drinkers, and are they keeping the character alive? Are they just making a place feel nostalgic, even though it really isn't? Is it just is it just kind of marketing? If you're taking it a a very cynical way and one of the places he looked at maybe three or four places nationwide and the first place that was mentioned and brought up was a sandy hut in portland and this ownership group who um added nostalgia to a place that was a dive bar a dive bar most people don't it's as rose said it's the disgusting place that you go and i asked her i said what what do you think the aim of people was at the dive bar i said were people looking to be seen looking to get laid what are they doing and, she, and oh, she said the obvious everyone's looking to get laid at the bar well in what way like and you and i nate we, we talked about this what what's the difference between a dive and a blue collar place that's cool to go to and be seen? and i it's like the visibility thing
0: yeah yeah, yeah. um i approach defining a dive bar like that um, Supreme Court justice uh, approach defining pornography. And uh, uh, I know it when I see it. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) uh, Intellectual thing we've ever said on this podcast. Thank you very much. Um, I think that there is an inherent... uh, God. The approach... To drinking at a dive bar in an ironic fashion immediately, immediately discredits you from being a dive bar
1: patron. Yeah,
0: there is a need for a dive bar. There is a, uh, it is like a social service in a in a way, and it is like ironically taking food stamps. Uh, it is it is like a. Um, uh, you you are you are taking something away from society by by saying that look at me I'm drinking at this funny laughing at yourself as you exa- do it, yeah. exactly this I'm drinking at this funny funny dark dank crappy bar and I'm finding a Budweiser uh, or a... ugly PD- Christmas sweater exactly yeah and I think that there is a a need for a dive bar and once you Say you don't need that. Once you say that you um, can go anywhere and drink. Once you say that you are um, happy at the uh, uh, highest and the lowest and or whatever you know. Once 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 you don't care about who else goes to the bar, y- you have you have uh,
1: discredited the dive bar. Because I, I think everyone, and I think you're spot on. I think everyone can be at home at a dive bar, um, but with I think you have to going back to our talk about who was there. I think you have to go and say, you know what? I might see somebody who's in their 70s there, and that's good. And I want to let's uh, what a great opportunity to talk to that person, even if it's just dumb drunk stories that are 50 years old, but. Go have those stories. So uh we talked a lot this evening about what what is a dive. We've talked about this a lot. I've we've talked about this on our social media channels with people who are for some reason friends or followers of our effort here. Um and we talked about what makes a dive, is Sandy Hut a dive. Um and we talked about visibility. We talked about um Eric brought up how early is the place open to me, yeah. he said. If you're not open during the daylight, you are in a dive. Like you're the servicing too. the yeah. evening crowd, the crowd who wants to be seen at a blue collar place as they warm up for a hotter spot down the road, and then they come back after the hotter spot closes. Um, if you're open it in the middle of the day to people who just need a dark place to hole up and gather themselves or destroy themselves, you might be a dive, but uh so we've 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 talked about this, and I think there's uh very few true dives left in the city these days. I think left in all cities. I think that they're very hard to find. I think there's uh I think you want to feel authenticity of the people there. The old guy there or the kind of crackpot there should be the home, should have home court advantage at the bar. If the old codger, who's a little yeah kooky, is the regular and you are the outsider, then you're probably at a dive,
0: then you, yeah, I would wager, God, this is this is going out on a limb. Um, this is not a dive bar podcast, by the way. Uh, this is a historic bar podcast. Um, I would wager that there is one true dive in the city of Portland, and that is the Yamhill pub.
1: It is certainly a mighty uh, clear example of
0: a dive. It is the one place where I have felt this is an authentic bar that has never been touched by anyone who wants this to be a different experience (laughs) for a different clientele other than people who are holding on in this fucking city and trying to get a $2 Miller High Life. Uh, this is this is this is they need that High Life. Yes. They need the High Life. They need to be somewhere that is playing um the Golden Child. What was the what was the movie? <laughs> that, what was the movie that was it on down right. there? Yeah. Um, um on on the TV and 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 have it I don't
1: know. And yeah, some people can I argue some people can argue that you know you could make the idealistic argument about uh, well aren't these people just alcoholics uh, you know destroying themselves um, yes but uh, on this particular podcast who gives uh, a fuck we grant that as a uh, just a given in our society there are people who people are therefore they drink everybody or they drink therefore they are yeah and in every major city and town or a small town or insignificant town, people drink and cut loose and let go of their sorrows for a little bit. I don't know. You you, you point me to somebody walking around in a
0: metropolis and I'll point you to somebody addicted to something. Yeah. And if they're addicted Correct. to domestic beer <laughs> or, or a bottle of Jack Daniels or if they're addicted to whatever and they can't manage themselves and they move into a dive but you know you know they need somewhere to sit for 30 minutes to move there like, everyone should have somewhere to workaholic, fucking go. for Christ's sakes and you know i mean
1: somewhere cares? to go to be your goddamn weirdest self yeah and so um that's our our appreciation for it so no long story short we did not consider the sandy hut a dive but we consider it a great Um, bar that is looking at its past uh, embracing its past to a certain extent and is just putting itself in a position to be viable for new generations without selling its soul and we appreciate Sandy Hutt for doing that and uh, hope to see you in 100 years Sandy my darling you hurt me
0: real bad you know it's true but, baby, you got to believe me when I say I'm helpless without you. So I told my wife that I was helping little Polynesian kids <laughs> build homes. Uh, uh, clearly, that was an alibi. Hey, speaking of alibi, that's where we found ourselves driving north, getting to the heart of a 1940s tiki bar nostalgia off of interstate at portland's notorious famous the alibi please tell me everything you know
1: about this venerable tiki bar i'm happy to do so what a, and might i say what a what a tea up for this one uh, did you just uh, concoct that as you were hey, urinating in my backyard. Alibi. <laughs> well done, sir. Well done. Uh, sometimes we're scripted here, and sometimes God speaks to us while we're taking a whiz in the backyard, and uh, that's what happened to Nate just now. But here we are. We're at the Alibi. We went the Alibi in the Overlook neighborhood. It is established in 1947, which makes it Portland's original tiki bar and the second oldest. Tiki bar in America that's still open? How can that be? There's only one other place that's older by 2 years and it's the famous, most famous of tiki bars that I can think of, the Tonga Room, which you in and San I Francisco. have both been to. Yes. You and I have knocked out
0: the top 2 We've in terms of one and two in the terms of uh, age. I actually uh, Tiki
1: bar. I actually did not drink there as I saw a line for a bar And I immediately. Well, my wife and I got
0: married uh, down in San Francisco one year ago today minus seven days, Uh, and and uh, our hotel was on top of the. You're staying at the Fairmont, yes, of course we were. What a fucking treat! Well, when you get married in San Francisco, you stay at the Fairmont, and it was wonderful. I can't, I cannot. Um, tell you how wonderful it was. Was it this wonderful? Was it was it alibi wonderful? Nah, I, who, it's hard knows? To say. who knows. Who knows? You were at the
1: oldest tiki bar in America. One hundred percent. Um. So a little more. So the this place. Okay. The f- alibi dates back to the late. The building dates back to the late eighteen hundreds. Crazy. Eighteen hundreds. Crazy. A horse and buggy stop on a dirt road. Uh. It was called the Chat Nibble, Chat N -n 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 apostrophe Nibble, the Chat Nibble. That somebody recorded the name of that place is fucking fantastic. So it's the Chat Nibble for a while, and later that spot becomes a just neighborhood tavern called. The Max Alibi. Max Peterson is the owner of that Max,
0: before the Max ran by there. Before
1: the Max ran by there, Max Peterson. Hot
0: damn. So in... Max!
1: So in 47... So
0: they yelled at him when he walked in? (laughs) That's it. Max!
1: Well, it was a little speakeasy old man bar, a little tavern. Max. Uh, 47, Roy L. takes over, and he just drops the Max and calls it the Alibi. Roy L is a big uh, Polynesian file, <laughs> sure. Hawaii file,
0: Hawaii file. F- o, oh.
1: he starts filling the thing. Hawaii
0: full
1: of, file O. Oh. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> he loves the standard tiki bric-a-brac. Starts filling it that way in the late forties. Um, meanwhile, meanwhile, our man Paul Pinterich, writing in his book in nineteen ninety six nonchalantly describes a time when he was uh, on leave from the Navy in the 50s and is hitchhiking from the Oregon coast to Portland as one would apparently do in the 50s. You just hitchhiked everywhere. Who gave a shit? And uh, no one was ever worried about who was going to murder who. You just did it. Uh, Pintrich hitchhiking in his naval peacoat, I guess. (laughs) anchors away sure is, and his naval whites you know, <laughs> yeah. i won't say forest. what jack nicholson told tom cruise and a few good men but we <laughs> don't say that anymore uh but pinteridge hitchhikes and gets a ride from Royale in like a cadillac this guy who owns the alibi tells him you got to come to my new bar in north portland it's called the alibi Pintrich blows him off for 40 years and finally shows up in 1996 to write the recap uh Roy L had sold the thing to Larry White and his family who owned the place from 96 uh oh actually Larry White bought, buys it 92 all the way up to 2017 when it is sold to I'm flipping back in my notes Go back to the notes and it is the Warren Boothby and Marcus Aldridge uh, Marcus, oh, Marcus
0: Aldridge <laughs> Marcus Point guard <laughs>
1: Uh, this might be a good time to disclaim: we are not professional historians, <laughs> and everything we say on here is probably bullshit. Uh, but researched bullshit. Anyway, the alibis had relatively few owners. It's been relatively stable. It's been around a long time. It's
0: incredible. It's incredible. I just, I just want to point out that. Um, from this, uh, the opening date of nineteen forty seven is that what you said? That's correct. Nineteen forty seven to now—that's seventy two years. From s- seventy two years, you could have had the night that we had from going to Sandy Hut to uh, Alibi, yeah, uh, essentially, yeah, like like essentially, yeah.
1: It's essentially it's expanded a little bit. It's crazy it is, to me. Continue—they continued to add stuff, yeah. But yeah, it's been a tiki bar. It's been a Hawaiian polynesian tiki bar since 47
0: how do you this may be jumping your notes gun here but how do you feel about tiki bars in general like like we've been to country bars we've been to craft
1: beer bars we've been to burger bars how do you feel this was my whole thing here i love tiki bars i i don't know why i was trying to figure it out we were we've been trying to talk about this no other bar captures my uh, imagination or I don't understand. I don't understand what it is about a tiki bar, but I instantly, the credibility is through the roof. Even a shitty tiki bar is better than most any other bar I've ever been to. Um, I don't know why. We were talking about maybe because we have grandparent you know, types, old relatives who are world war ii veterans or uh, but i don't know i mean did they talk endlessly about tiki bars and mine didn't but i don't for whatever reason i just find it a great maybe it's just the communal uh, experience of people wanting to be away from their usually non-tropical lives so there's a place you can go step away into a totally different world and uh we did wonder like what's the deal with tiki bars and why they they're set aside from different cultural culturally appropriated bars or any other type of thematic bar. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I think that a tiki bar is always going to if it's a new tiki bar or an ancient tiki bar, it's always pointing toward or back to Something and that is something that is, uh, immediately attractive and romantic to me is, is it saying like, this is not a thing that's of this world. There's nothing, it's not Des Moines that we're pointing to. It's not Detroit pizza that we're pointing to. It is something off the coast, even, even to Hawaii, whatever, you know, it is something away from here that we are absolutely pointing to, but also saying, you know what? fuck it, we're going to make it ourselves. We're going we're gonna to say this is what we think that thing absolutely is. Um, I think that there is a dream of many mainlanders to vacation in Hawaii sure. or an island or, or somewhere that uh, they shut everything off. And I think that is a, a, a goal of people at a tiki room to shut things off to, to a dream of being on on a beach, and then also I think that uh, my parents uh, they never talked about taverns much. They never talked about hotel bars. They never talked about like the classy um, uh, drinking rooms, you know. But they did always mention they knew about the Tiki bars of Portland. They knew about Trader Vicks. They knew about Kontiki they knew about uh, this place the alibi it was a um, it was tied to a, a Portland or or a West Coast dream of being somewhere else and maybe that is that is what's in in inside of me of like reaching out to I, I think it's the, tiki I think
1: it's the next it's the place where nostalgia meets imagination and escapism. Great and I love can, it. You can I, drink your way through it.
0: I absolutely uh, love them. I, Any city I go to, I search yeah. them out. Like you said, you told me that you do the same thing. Um I, we pff, boy, this is um my family loves Disney theme parks and and we know that those aren't authentic tiki bars, but anytime somebody points to
1: um uh, my
0: tie exactly exactly it's a yeah it spurs it it erupts it erupts Isn't it weird how we
1: do that even yeah. as uh, even uh, crotchety old fucks like us who talk ad nauseum about authenticity and God. We will look the other way gladly with a little cultural appropriation and sugary drinks. We've spent 26 <laughs> hours talking about uh, authenticity. Yeah, we're, we're full of shit. And now, like, give me a freaking grass skirt
0: and uh, tiny bubbles yeah. on the radio and yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm into it. Um how's our night? How was our evening here well, at the Alibi? This is
1: fascinating. As we talk about tiki bars, I would have loved to, this is kind of skipping ahead, but... As most people will know, the Alibi is known for being a karaoke hotspot, and it very much is. And it's uh, both of us enjoy the fine arts of singing karaoke, and uh, we know it as kind of the major leagues. You got to be if you're going to take the mic at the Alibi, you got to know your song and be ready to perform it uh, with some gusto.
0: Yeah, there's no that's not. Um... Batting cage. is No, not the, uh, it's not. This is the, this is the practice. show. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: this is the show. Well, uh on a Saturday night, uh not at eight twenty-five, but at eight thirty-five, the place gets packed. It's fascinating. We were sitting there with not nary a soul in the upper, the upper karaoke lounge. It's fascinating. At eight twenty-five, by eight thirty-five, mm-hmm. you couldn't find a table.
0: It was it was amazing. It was like. <laughs> It was, it, it, there was it, it, there had to have been like some sort of agreement with a tour group or something to just <laughs> bust people in, because uh, yeah, you're right. Like like you know, you turn one way and you turn left, and then all of a sudden there are sixty nubile uh, wannabe singers, um, um, uh, men and women. Nate sees
1: all I think human nub- beings. I think new.
0: nubile is a non-gender term. I think nubile is uh,
1: you know. He enjoys young people of all ages, over the age of sixteen. <laughs> oh, pardon God. me! Oh no! <laughs> oh. Okay, okay. What do we have to drink there? <laughs> hold on! Hold on! We did see a lot of uh, young people looking to have the time of their life tonight, and one of the things I was uh, dying to ask them uh, if they wouldn't have, uh, you know, probably. Pepper sprayed me or at worst given me a uh, side <laughs> eye looked at you like a gross looked at man. me like a weirdo yeah. even worse <laughs> would you rather be pepper sprayed or be looked at as a, a, a gross spray. weirdo yeah, yeah me pepper too. spray i would have I, I would have liked spray. to ask so um why do you like is, what does the whole tiki thing i just talked about where nostalgia meets imagination meets blah 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 blah, blah, blah meets sugared is that is that what you're thinking too 22 no, year old I saw it on a blog, pants, and I'm uh, going to gum here this I, or is it my friends come here they sing karaoke it's fun the drinks are cool leave me the fuck alone you gross weirdo of course it's that one you if think you even that? have to
0: ask the question if you even have to ask the there's question a lot of karaoke nights of course it's that one of course it's your gross and i don't want to be talking to you and i'm just gonna <laughs> sing karaoke because my friends like to sing karaoke. Don't think there's one of- person if for 18 people there's one person who's like dude i am a karaoke fucking you know what about savant. the tiki no one there's gives- no tiki. nobody cares about tiki <laughs> Nobody cares about tiki. They care about zombies. They care about they care about
1: uh, rich. This was what we talked about.
0: Drinks that get them nuts and moist and hard for Christ's sake. This
1: is what we talked about. We talked about. Uh, is this something that's you and I have fam? We know people who were around when these were the hot spot. Or is do kids? Do my my kids? I have a four year old and a uh, newborn. Are they going to give a flying fuck about tiki lounges?
0: None of the people we saw tonight care about their grandfathers or great grandfathers who died, or is that or, why we care about or, it? or or fought in World War Two? Nobody cares about that. Nobody cares about their their parents' uh, uh, affinity for what their parents brought back, and and like Chinese restaurants, you know, no, like that's I am richly aware. Of Chinese restaurants being akin to uh, this is not what Chinese food sure, is. Sure. I'm bringing the hint of it back. I'm making it American. I'm making a profit off of it. Right? Yeah. Bing bang boom. What do yeah. you want from me, pal? <laughs> like the, no, I nobody thinks about. Nobody's thinking about that. <laughs> None of these people singing Alanis Morissette or or. Uh, um david uh, bowie as we found out tonight um
1: are thinking about god boy so it's weird that you and i probably are is i i'm not w- weird in that it's um uh, i immediately think about boy these places were probably pretty hot in the 50s and 60s and then the heyday I, well, I always go to a tiki bar especially one that's older and say Wow, I want this place my grandmother my grandmother, my grandmother, my grandfather would have gone to
0: yeah it's it's weird that they're not, but also every place we go to, nobody's thinking about that, you and know that's why I go I mean- to. Have this wildly unsuccessful <laughs> we, podcast. We go, we, <laughs> we go to the bar at the Marriott and thinking, oh, yeah, "Well, yeah. where were our grandparents that's at the true. Marriott?" <laughs> what was the Marriott before this? And let's let's Wikipedia Marriott to see. Like nobody's doing that's a true. deep
1: dive of no, what they're trying. Just us. At. We're the weirdos.
0: Yes, well, and right. that's
1: why we have. It's three people. Listening. It's taken us thirteen episodes to determine what. People who listened to episode one knew- weird- Plus three hours. We're the weirdos. <laughs> yes, we're the weirdos. And we're wildly off course in this comeback episode. All right, let's talk about our first drinks. Nate, what did we have to drink? Well, first drinks were, uh,
0: we got there at the cusp of, 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 of happy hour, and so we had my ties we Because were, they were on the happy hour menu. Yeah, we were the there. We were cocktail that was on the happy hour we, menu.
1: We were taking lifts. And we got there after happy hour, and we just had, I'll have one happy hour Mai Tai, please. And we said two, and then Eric was with us. He had another one. It was like 7 o'clock, happy hour ended at 6. But he gave us all the drinks. According to the menu,
0: it ended at 6, but this guy was entering them.
1: First drinks. I'm not a big Mai Tai fan. I can find them a little uh, just uh, unsettling. It's the lychee that I don't like. But, hey, this one ended up being all right. Six bucks. Not too fucking shabby. So, um, what else did we do there? We hung out at the bar for a while. Yeah, ambiance was good. We the front bar is red vinyl. It's dark. It's the uh, it's the armrest bar booth, which we love. Yeah, to a-
0: actually give this a review, there are two different sides to the alibi. There right. are the um, bar that's probably been there for a long, long time. It is attached to a I think couple the original of forty seven seating areas. Yeah. They're almost like they're raised and like uh, partitioned off. Um, but great, they're they're great. I think they've undergone some changes because I remember Subtle a tweaks. a three D buxom undressed lady. Uh, you don't forget over about that, do lunch, you? But but she was not there this evening. Um, uh, the venerable video poker and then a very tight bathroom around the corner uh, alfredo would you like to give us your uh I bathroom would. uh i would review
1: i would i i i remember this bathroom well i've been to the alibi several times many times um and that bathroom sticks in my head i remember when it gets crowded you have to swim through a lot of people to finally reach this men's room at the end of a corridor. Video poker ATM corridor, and it's got a narrow door that uh, maybe somebody in 1930, uh, you know, everyone was smaller back then. Sure, sure. And so uh, it's very narrow. You open the, you push open the door, the men's room, and it's a weird, it's a 90 degree claustrophobic turn down. uh, You push open, you immediately stare at a wall, then you have to keep turning to your right. And then immediately take a hard left. I said it's like being born. You come down this chute, this corridor, and you would just emerge. You get spit out into the bathroom proper. Um, it used to be uh, even more memorable as it would. They had a weird uh, perma-moist floor, some puddling. It was uh, strange. Now you come out and there's a waterless urinal. It's very good for the environment. Not very memorable to this guy uh you get the you get this is the, great yeah you fix your
0: bathroom and you get lowered less on this
1: the yeah, rotten tomato you're doing the, scale bravo for making the men's room better at the alibi but you did lose a puck for loss of character
0: i think it's great
1: i think it's
0: a real but it's a
1: claustrophobic fuck trip you man, to progressives and it, <laughs> it's three stars just for the experience of getting into the bathroom i will tell you nate my uh uh second or fifth time to the bathroom <laughs> um i go in i push open the door and i'm emerging and i'm hanging the hard right and immediately on the corner log jamming like like a arterial blockage is some guy just standing there looking at his phone I go oh shoot sorry buddy there must be a line here <laughs> and he goes oh no there's no line go ahead <laughs> You go, all righty. This is the only place. And I go and I use the waterless urinal and <laughs> over, I can feel over my right shoulder, the gentleman is still there just looking at his phone. I think he was looking at his phone. Meanwhile, I'm using the urinal. Some other person comes in and is like, oh shoot, sorry buddy, must be a line. He goes, oh no, no line, go ahead. <laughs> and the other person goes in and uses the very narrow uh, closing door sit down, uh, you know, the actual toilet. And I don't know what this gentleman was doing, but it's a hell of a weird place to sit on your cell phone and just wave people through and tell them there's no line. But don't mind me, I'm just here in the most narrow entrance of any bathroom in the city. Uh, But it's a pleasure. It's memorable. I will never forget that entrance. And that's why it's worth three pucks alone. And I wish it could be more, but the interior, not memorable at all.
0: It's too bad. I um The one time I used it, I scooted past a line of, I would say, eight
1: women trying to wait for the women's restaurant. There always seemed to be a lot more women.
0: Uh. And I apologized, like, oh, God, I'm going to see you when I leave here. I'm so, so sorry. And I went in. I w- rather quickly did my business. I rather quickly dried my hand because I had to get back to my uh, post and um I left the bathroom. All the women are gone. I don't know I don't know what happened. It took me like eight seconds. They're all in that unisex in bathroom. Brand
1: new at the bathroom. Uh, I feel like bathroom. they
0: had a conference and said, We gotta get in there and we cannot watch this asshole <laughs> walk back. Walk us back. Like, like, we you think they're all crammed nip, in nip, like nip. clowns in a
1: clown car. Just pressed <laughs>
0: like oh at least we don't have to see that asshole in that hawaiian shirt oh
1: <laughs> uh, well that's right we were both uh hawaiianly clad wearing, uh, yeah hawaiian well, flowerly wearing, clad uh, florally cla- clad but we we enjoyed the hell out of our time to the alibi we enjoyed our trip to any any tiki bar uh we love the other active tiki bar as of the recording of this uh known as one of the best bars in portland holly uh and kind of lower mazel lowered i love my
0: time there i've been there before a beautiful bar yeah.
1: great cocktails great bartenders uh very intimate the alibi is kind of none of these things we discussed we would feel just as appropriate ordering high life and hams which we did later in the night to a zombie and yep. a mai tai which we did earlier uh it's a place where you could it's a blue collar tiki bar which are kind of hard to find maybe and uh we really enjoyed the hell out of the place and both are hard to find
0: blue collar bar hard to find tiki bar now hard to find and the
1: alibi i will say the alibi when paul Pintrich writes about it he just you know the guy describes it as like this is a place where like your factory guys people in the neighborhood just come to work they come to drink here like drink their sorrows away there's no at the time in 96 karaoke is like um had has is a thing but it's kind of a speak it's not a super popular thing it's just a weird offering they have it's, karaoke it's just a starts in 92
0: guy with a box and a microphone yeah and, yeah
1: you know. but now karaoke is the thing you go to the alibi and it probably props up the rest of the operation right so uh because of the nights they and they now do a karaoke brunch on the weekends and
0: do they do karaoke at brunch they
1: do now yeah oh my god I did not know it was a new thing I did not know the brunch was the new ownership fueled brunch you've got to have brunch this is the uh, this is the common denominator of what's taken these bars to a modern place slushies and brunch
0: (laughs) can I tell you something as a friend come on in if you would please
1: you're the shits you really are (laughs) you're the worst I heard don't Don Ho, Don Ho is not going to be out of business.
0: All right, Alredo, right, oh, it's just about closing time in the HBTG studio. Be sure to subscribe, share, and rate us on iTunes. You can follow us on Facebook. Hey, you got an idea for where we should go? Why don't you reach out to us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter uh, History by the Glass and HBTG underscore PDX because I couldn't get History by the Glass on Twitter. All right. You want to see this is truth telling behind the scenes secrets. Uh, you can find our blog. Remember our blog? Oh, yeah. History by the Glass dot blogspot dot com. Eh, maybe that's not the first place you go and join us next time. Oh, my God. Can you believe it? We're going to have a next time. When do you want to meet again, Alfredo? When you, when you, six weeks? Right now. Okay. Join us. Let's in, play too. Join us in eight minutes as <laughs> we <Sweet. laughs> uh, treat you to another round of Portland's historic saloons, dive bars, hotel bars, upscale bars, and drinking holes that we call uh, the History of by the Glass. Thank you for joining us, and please tip your part.
1: Jesus, we're so rusty. Do we want to
0: say anything about what the, uh, our uh, guests had to say about Sandy Hyde? Well, I'm getting there. Oh, sorry. Cut. <laughs> Three, two, one.
1: No, I'm still chuckling. I feel like I'm riding a goddamn Old West bicycle. You should feel like you're riding a wheel. <laughs> one of those big front wheels and little back wheels. <laughs> It's just terrible. Who found that? This is the worst podcast we've ever recorded.
0: We're rusty. I could
1: feel I could feel its badness. Rusty! <laughs>